the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Appleton. It's Sin Shu Chu. Mouthful. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager at So Called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co host, AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, dude? So much. Watching, uh, watching a little bit of the World Series in the background here. Got a Cubby 1 uh, nothing lead thanks to Dexter Fowler, leadoff home run. Um, oh, that guy. Great. I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> um, whatever. I guess I'll root for him tonight because I kind of want the Cubs to win. So, um, who are you rooting for on this? Like, who are you rooting yeah, for tonight? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also rooting for the Cubs. Definitely hope they can pull it out. I mean, it's it's tough because you know I I like kind of both of these teams. Um, so. You know, they, they both have the long droughts and everything. Obviously, nobody is longer than the Cubs, though. So, you know, I think that both teams are built to be able to get back here. So, I'm just going for the Cubs, though. I think that they, they've they waited long enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see Cleveland get, you know, two in the same year after being such <laughs> – heartbroken city for sports overall in the long run but the, the cubs the cubs deserve this they've they've suffered and suffered plenty but we shall see it's going to get real interesting starting around the fourth fifth inning because both these starters are coming off short rest and both teams are probably going to bring in well the cubs are probably going to bring in lackey i think is what i hear and then um if the if the Indians get to their bullpen. Obviously, we're going to see the the Shaw and Miller and um, thinking on the the third guy's name. There's a third guy that they have who's who's pretty legit. Cody Allen is their Cody closer. Allen. Thank you. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Oh, nice pickoff move. Nice. Damn. All right. Um, anyway, enough of the play by play there. So yeah, tonight, man. Uh, we will talk about you know what we what we usually do with some week eight recap talk about some of the stuff we can look forward to in week nine get through some injuries and some potential free agent waiver wire pickups and things like that but um talk about some retirement news here first and and we'll get into the week eight recap after that but Quick retirement news, kind of back and forth on these. So Percy Harvin came out of retirement. He's going to play for the Buffalo Bills again. Does do we do we care? Uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a Percy Harvin fan because I'm a Gators fan. Um, but you know, he he just health has always been a problem for him, and. I wouldn't be surprised if it's still going to be a problem for him, especially coming out of retirement. I mean, do we know what he's even done to be 
you know, getting to this point where he's ready to play all of a sudden. So I don't, I mean, maybe somebody to keep an eye on in deeper leagues or if you're really decimated by injuries. But other than that, I don't, I don't see him making a big impact. Yeah, I don't either. I'm promptly ignoring him in all of my fantasy leagues. Um, not maybe not a retirement, but and, I, and I'm skipping one here. I'm going to let you go on a little bit on the next one. But uh, okay. Jamal Charles, he is. This is kind of injury news, but we kind of threw it in here to have a little fun with it. He's having a second knee surgery. He's done for the year. Um, I mean, this guy, honestly, and, and you wrote it down. I was thinking it, too. It's funny. I mean, this guy could honestly just retire. I mean, two knee surgeries without playing really hardly any at all this year. Uh, he looked decent when he was out there, but he just obviously did not cooperate with him. So, um you think this guy could actually retire? <laughs> I think he probably should. Um, I don't know if he actually will. But, I, I mean, it's a shame because he's a talented running back. I mean, we've seen what he can do, again, when healthy. But, you know, it, it's just it's a matter of being able to play. And, and produce for, for your team, not necessarily, you know, the fantasy teams out there that everybody is looking at you, but your your actual team that is paying you to play for them. Right. And he's just not able to play for them. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know why he would want to keep going at this point, personally. I mean, he's only 29, so he'll be 30 next year. It, it, it'd be a tough comeback for him. I think if he did come back, my bet would be the Chiefs get rid of him, and he signs somewhere else, kind of like an a la Arian Foster, and hopes and hopes he can come back. Um, you know, yeah, so we saw what happened there. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we sh- we shall see. But I mean, you know, the the thing about it is like last year when he did play, he was good to where last year when Arian Foster played, he wasn't really good. Um, I mean, yeah. we're still talking five yards of carry for Jamal Charles last year. And you know, he was he was one of the best, as you know, because you had him on your team until he got uh, hurt. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was 5.1 yards a carry last year in five games, you know, 364 yards, four touchdowns, rushing. He he did lose one fumble, but, you know, whatever. That's, yeah. that's not too terrible in five games. Also had another 177 yards receiving uh, and, and a touchdown there. Um, but, yeah, I mean – 2014, 2013, managed 15 games, you know, over 1,000 yards rushing alone. 2012, he was a monster when he played all 16 games, or just over 1,500 yards, 5.3 yards to carry, you know, um, only five rushing touchdowns uh, and had some fumble issues there. But, you know, it's a shame because he's a talented guy. 
you know, I, I hope that he can get it figured out, but I mean, his knees have got to be jello at this point. So I don't know why you would want to further damage anything and, and delay the, the inevitable. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And then the last guy we want to talk about, and I'll, I'll give you your, your moment in the sun here, is uh, <laughs> Andre Johnson calls it a career after 14 years, uh, 12 with Houston, one with Indy, and then this partial year with Tennessee. Uh, I know you're a huge fan here, so the floor is yours. I am. Uh, I mean, me and Andre have had a – a fantasy love affair for, for quite a while. Uh, I mean, he's always one of those guys that I just kind of would have on my watch list, keeping track of him. but typically he was owned. So, um, you know, either way, but you know, he's a guy who had seven seasons of over a hundred, 1100 yards receiving, uh, of, of his, we'll call it really, really 12 years. Um, because, you know, the last last year with Indy, I think he had around four touchdowns receiving, which is kind of nice, but the yardage wasn't, you know, really there. He was kind of just a role player there for them. Um, and, and this year so far, not really much going on either. Um, and then um, he had, you know, two additional seasons where he had over 900 yards too. Um, so, I mean, he's been very productive in, in his career, 14,185 total reception yards, 70 touchdowns, um, over a thousand receptions at 1,062. He did have six fumbles lost in his career, but three of those came in 2014. So, you know, you can't really dock him too much there. And again, it's, one every other year, basically, or less than every other year, if you're counting last year and this year. Um, that was pretty good. But here again, it's it's a guy that – and I was kind of surprised, actually, when I was looking through his stat line. He's always been somebody that's kind of been on the injury report, and he has lost some time, um, you know, through various seasons. But he has played in almost every game in more than half of his seasons. I mean, probably two-thirds to three-quarters of his seasons. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to call him, you know, an injury guy. But he always had these little ticky-tack injuries that were, that were busting him up and, and keeping him less productive and everything. But, you know, I, we, we watched Andre Johnson in college, you know, when he was at Miami. So he was a monster then and earned being the, the third pick overall in the draft. Was he one of the teams uh, with Portis and, and all those guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, man, those were nasty teams. Portis, and I, I can't remember if Greg Olson was there when no, he was there or not. I, think Olson I don't was think he later. was. No, it was Shockey, I think. Listen. Maybe I, I have to look it up, but yeah, the, those teams were so disgustingly good. They were ridiculous. I want to say they had another uh, like stud receiver. What years was that? Like two thousand? He was drafted in 03. Oh, three. I'm sorry. 2000. Yeah, no, 03. Um, 
I'll look it up here. Keep going. So it was really like the tail end of our um, of our college career, but you know he was. He, he oh, was awesome it was to Kellen watch. Winslow. Kellen Winslow. Winslow. That's that's who it was. They, it was they had McGahey in two thousand two. Sean Taylor, yeah. Antra Roll, Jonathan oh. Vilma, <laughs> Ken Dorsey. <laughs> You're a bad yeah. quarterback, but still. It, it it is funny though to note. I just realized this as I'm looking up the teams. He spent his entire career in the AFC South. Um, you know, basically all of it with Houston and then Indy and then Tennessee. Uh, so, he did play with sorry, Portis Jackson, too though. in 2001. What's Forgot that? about that. He did play with Portis too in 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he played with all those guys. So anyway. yeah, he. Uh, he was just a you know solid player. I always, like I said, I always tried to target him. And and when he was coming off of some of those injury seasons, I was looking to try to sneak him in a little earlier than most people might have, just for the sake of knowing what he could do if if he stayed healthy. So, congratulations on a great career, Andre. Um, you know you will be missed by by me and then some other people, I'm sure. Um, He's, he's so very thankful. For you. Said he'll always be a Texan, so that's good. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have a question for you. So, who is the more deserved Hall of Famer, Andre Johnson or Calvin Johnson? And I'll read you their stats. So, Andre Johnson had okay. one thousand sixty-six. 1,062. Yeah, I have. Oh, you have both. Okay, you have. I have. Up. I have all his stats. So. Okay. So, so, so for the listeners, uh, 14,185 yards, 70 touchdowns. Calvin Johnson with 731 career receptions, 11,619 yards, and 83 touchdowns. Now, keep in mind, I want to say, I mean, Calvin only played what one, three, six, like nine years. So Andre Johnson has a lot more run on him. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like I said, he's got about three more years. You know, good more years, than that. Put it that way. Well, yeah. I mean, on paper, he's got more years. But like I said, I mean, last year he didn't have a whole lot of production. And this year, and in, in half a year, he's not really done much. A couple of touchdowns, but he's still less touchdowns overall. Yeah, that was always the big um, knock on him. He didn't score. Yeah, I mean, I that's a tough call. I mean, I, I would give my vote to Andre just because the stats are higher for the most part, but Again, it is more time in the league. So, what would Calvin have actually done in those years? But here again, it's another injury guy. So, you know, and that's why he retired. He he just didn't want to put his body through it anymore. I mean, he he got beat up. I mean, Johnson did too. But um, I, I think my vote would. Go for Andre. I think they're both probably worthy of it. Yeah. At some point, but yeah, if, I mean, I think that was a. So yeah, they'll, they'll both get in. I just, I just kind of threw it out there. I don't know. 
Yeah. I thought it'd be an interesting but, hypothetical. Uh, just see what yeah, you would the say. Last, the last thing I want to say on the on Andre was, and I, I tweeted the picture out, or I retweeted the picture out um, earlier this week when I saw the news was the the fight between him and and Cortland Finnegan, oh, where God. he just completely uh, roughed adored him. You know, it was awesome. Finnegan had that coming for a long time, and Johnson. I forgot about that down. fight. Oh yeah, check look at look at my page and see that tweet. So, <laughs> all right, um, but that's that's uh, that's all we got on the retirement news. So, we've got a little bit of a Halloween action going on here, and uh, you know. Being that that it's the holiday that we just had pass us on Monday of this week, uh, we have our our co-host here, Mr. Joe Bond, is officially dressing up as Dr. Dick Bisbee for this week's rant. Um, uh, we're we're going to let him take the floor here, uh, Doctor Doctor Bisbee. It's good to good to hear from you again. What's your uh, what ails you this week? Uh, so yeah, we were talking about fumbling. And fumbling is exactly what is pissing me off. And the fact that coaches decide to take it upon themselves to bench their best players after one stinking fumble. Are you freaking kidding me? One fumble. It was three minutes into the game, Sean Payton. Play your best guys. I get it. Hightower was running phenomenally but when you get stuffed at the goal line five times use your head and realize i'm gonna put in the bigger back and run over these people instead of having them run over my guy i have no idea what sean payton was thinking and he's not the only coach who does it it is it drives me mad that these coaches think it is a good idea to bench your best player for one fumble. It's like they think they're doing it on purpose. I get it. If they fumble four, five, you know, two, maybe three times in a game, or they've had a couple games in a row where they keep fumbling constantly and costing you the game. Mark Ingram is not known as a fumbler. Like, what? I don't understand why teams do this. You know, if it's your third string running back and you bring him in to give him a chance and he fumbles on like the second play you've had him in there, fine, bench his ass. It's not costing you anything. You don't sit your best player. Now, luckily, the Saints pulled that game out. But there is, if, had they lost that game and been stopped on the goal line twice like that, that would have been Sean Payton's fault because he didn't play his best guys. Now, this obviously goes back to a bigger point in that it just totally – you can't predict this crap in fantasy. You know, now it affected me personally and in our matchup. I mean, we've had this discussion. We won't get into it. But it affected our matchup. Like, I, I get negative two and a half points from Mark Ingram. We all lost by five. Like, that's total garbage. So, uh, all I had to do was get positive – 30 yards out of him from that point forward. And I would have made up all those points. And so like that's, that's how small of a factor, like that's, 
points I needed to make up there. And so that benching just totally screwed me up. And it's one of the things that's pissing me off about fantasy football lately is these coaches go totally opposite the game plan that they, in my opinion, should do. Like we see coaches go into games where you're facing a a bad pass defense and all they do is want to run the ball. And you're like, no, 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 no. Run, run the ball. This team's terrible at the run. Like run the ball. You get all they do is pass, 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 and they fail and they lose by 20. Like, hmm, well, I wonder why. And this happens all the time. And so, like, as us as fantasy analysts, you know, we try and predict these things, but then coaches just do these, like, in my opinion, idiotic, dumb things. And it just, it uh, angers me so much. So, uh, I could go on for a while about this, but it is just something that, pisses me off to no end and the fact that you know the benching of ingram just it cost me a, a matchup in our league against you that i desperately needed you know i'm i was climbing my way back up the up the ladder to get back to 500 after starting oh and four and i lost because sean payton benches mark ingram like that is not the only reason i lost and i get it but it had he played a normal allotment of snaps. It is realistic to think that I would have won. Like, that's just crazy. So, well, that is my yeah, rant. I mean, he he was projected for 14.8 points. No, I'm All sorry, I needed I'm was sorry, six. That's, All that's, I needed was six this, out of him. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's this week. But still, I would assume it's going to be somewhere around that. It might have been slightly lower than that because it was Seattle. Right, but I expected he, he like finished out with negative one and a half. He did have negative two and a half for some point, but I, I don't know. Now it's negative like, one and a half. Did he get a carry like later in the game or something? He might have gotten a, a late carry, but it, he didn't do anything with it, obviously. But there was that. There was the overtime game, which oh, right, screwed yeah. you out of another couple points too. That, but that wasn't the point. And, but yes, that, that did, yeah, that did hurt. Oh, he but, didn't. You he know, the, got to carry later. Yeah. So the argument that we had was that my bonehead mistake was my own coaching moves, my own poor management decision of playing the recently hot Marquise Lee over Mr. Alan Hearns, who's been mostly cold this season, but has started picking it up a little bit. Um, and Hearns blows up in this game and has 22.8 points for my bench, while Marquise Lee completely S's the bed and only has one catch for 21 yards and a 1.1 point. Uh, so I, I was looking at it like, this matchup's over. You you have it in the bag. There's I absolutely no should have had it. it. <laughs> and, and then watching the, the first game, you know, I – uh, I didn't have anybody in that game, but you had Dalton and you had Hopkins and you lost the point from Hopkins missing the field goal. And I lost two points because in our league, and I then think you it's... lost. Yeah, I think you lost two, but, and then you lost points from Dalton for fumbling in the overtime. So it was that span of five minutes, like you were saying. And I, 
It yeah, was it was the span of five minutes. It was it was the overtime <laughs> game because it bled it, it it overlapped the start of the one o'clock games. So in the span of five minutes, I had a negative two from from Hopkins for missing a chip shot field goal because in our league I do negative two for missing field goals within like thirty, twenty yards or something like that. I have a negative two for fumbles. And then I got the negative two plus negative yardage for Ingram. And I, and that was like negative six and a half points. And I lost by negative five. I lost by five and a half. It was just like, oh my God. But even without that, like Ingram should not have been benched the entire game. I should have been able no. to make up those points. But like that's, that's just, just it. It's like, I'm just, I had my I'm own poor managing that decision. Because that game was that actually on TV and I'm watching it going. Yeah. You're kidding me. He's not going to play Ingram at all. I'm thinking, okay, maybe the whole first half. All right, after halftime, he's going to come back out. He's going to play. No, it was still Hightower the entire game. And I'm screaming. I just I was fuming. I just – I kind of just shut off football. I was like, I'm done. I'm so tired of this. Because it's not the first time it's, it, it's happened to me this year where, like, it's just – Coaches do the complete opposite of what, you know, yeah, we're guessing at what they can do, but it's like we're guessing at what they can do, or at least I do. I guess off of what I guess what they should do based off of statistical data and, you know, play the odds. Like, okay, this team's bad at this. They should do this. They've got a good running back. They should do this. And they seem to want to do the complete opposite. It doesn't make any sense to me, but anyway. That said, we need to move on. We have a long, long, long show, so we will uh, we will wrap that up here. And just uh, if anybody wants to rant with me on Twitter, feel free to hit me up at Fancy Six Pack. I will be happy to uh, trash talk Sean Payton with you. But anyway, we yeah. eight recap here. Um, you wrote down a, a lot of players. I don't think we're gonna have a time to get to all of these but I, I highlighted one from each of these groups so i'll let you kind of introduce the group here since you made these little <clears throat> headers explain what they mean yeah <laughs> so basically i mean we were we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about this week and you had initially put up that you know the the backup running backs have finally caught up to us and you know the the week was garbage and this and that but the more I looked very at it, low scoring I, week, I, but it was a very low scoring week actually. DFS was really low scoring. It was like you could cash yeah. with a buck thirty. Like it was low. Yeah. So I I just kind of went back through and I was looking at some of the scoring, you know, in, in our league, and it wasn't as low as I had initially thought. So basically, I just kind of I came up with four different categories or tiers as I call them, as far as guys that, you know, where they scored and, and, you know, how they fall into these tiers. So the first two um, is the, the, we saw this coming tier and that's basically guys who we kind of anticipated they were going to put up the numbers they did um, pretty, you know, pretty much what they've been doing. Um, The, the happy little surprise tier is a couple of guys that, you know, they may not have been uh, what – they basically just didn't – they scored more than what we thought they were going to score. Um, but they're still guys that you, you probably – well, at least the first one that you have highlighted, he was definite start. Uh, the other two guys, not not as much. 
Um, then we've got the welcome back Cotter tier, which is some guys that were kind of coming off an of injury uh, or, or haven't really been producing. Um, and then they, they kind of blew up this week. And then the last tier is the you shot who in the what now tier, which is basically no name guys that just blew up and came out of nowhere. So go ahead and start with, uh, with your, we saw this coming tier. Yeah, so the the guys that you know in in the we saw this coming tier, you know, you, you said these are the guys that you know we we expected big performances out of. You know, you wrote down guys like Matt Forte and Demarco Murray, Vicky Elliott, and Stephon Diggs, and honestly, you know, I don't know if we really expected it from Diggs. You know, he's been struggling since he came back from injury. He kind of struggled a couple of games before that. Um, but you know, you put down Kelsey and Gronk and Terrell Pryor, like those are all guys. Like, yeah, of course. The guy that I mentioned, I, I highlighted that you put here was Jamison Crowder, and I and I highlighted him because he is still, in my opinion, well, at least he was of last week. I don't know what his ownership is now. He is still owned in less than fifty percent of ESPN leagues. That doesn't make any sense. Why do people hate this guy? He is in my opinion, the best receiver on the Redskins. And fantasy stat-wise, he blows Garcon and Jackson away. But Jackson is still owned in 79% of leagues. He's the third best fantasy receiver on that team. I don't understand why people have not bought into Crowder more. He is killing it this year. And he needs to be owned in every single fantasy league. And now's the time that you can sneak away and get him because he's on buy. So you know what? I bet you his ownership probably went down this week because of that. Um, I don't know what his ownership is in like Yahoo and stuff like that, but that's, that's criminal to me. Like he needs to be owned. He's owned in every league I'm in. I know that. So maybe it's just these leagues where like people don't pay attention or something. They're like little six and 18 leagues. I, I don't know, but Crowder still should probably be owned in those leagues because he's 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 tearing it up. He's he's the fifteenth ranked receiver in PPR leagues. Fifteenth. He needs to be owned everywhere. Yeah. I, so I don't. I mean, he was one like I said, and I I definitely wanted him in this tier because we've talked about him, you know, yeah, we definitely, talk, we talked about, last about week. go, go get this guy. And, and I agree. Diggs was kind of more one that I initially had in my welcome back Cotter tier because, you know, he, he has been kind of down and, and injured, but he did play, you know, the week before the bye, but he, he not really much. So either way, he still had 13 targets, which was impressive, but Crowder had 13 targets, which is impressive. You know, the note we had down for Crowder last 107 week. yards, touchdown. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the he's the top scoring receiver, like you said. And second is is Jordan Reed. Um, oh, well, right, know, yeah. You're counting Reed. Yes. Well, it, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, on the receiving core, he, he's still first. But, you know, Garcon and, and Jackson aren't even overall receiving points. You know, you have Reed in there, and and Vernon Davis is another one who's he's not that far off of Deshaun Jackson. And I mean, he's right. you take a couple of his stinker games out, but the last three weeks he's really turned it on. Yeah, um, 
So, you know, looking at looking at my tier here, the welcome pack, welcome back Cotter tier. I got guys in there like Jordan Howard had 153 yards rushing. Um, Jonathan Stewart had just under 100 yards, but two rushing touchdowns. Also had a fumble loss, um, but he had a huge day. Um, Theo Riddick. Um, really the thing to take away from him wasn't the 11 rushes for 56 yards. It's the eight catches for 77 and a touchdown. Um, you know, Jordy Nelson, Dante Moncrief, Tyler Eifert, and Jordan Reed I had because they were all coming back off. I mean, Nelson we talked about a little bit last week, mm-hmm. but he had a nice game. The thing to take from him is the nine targets, but he still only had four only catches and nine four and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, either way, the the guy that we have highlighted here is Des Bryant. He had fourteen targets. Fourteen. Yeah, that's the big number I wanted to say too. I mean, that is that is huge amount of targets, and he only caught four passes for 113 yards though, and a touchdown. So he made the four that he actually did catch count. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he's going to be back and he's going to be involved in this offense now, which it really looks like he, you know, Prescott wants to go to him. I don't know if he was necessarily, you know, doing more than he needed to, uh, you know, more than he could have to try to get him involved. But, he he found a way to do it. Yeah, 14 targets is a huge number, and if he's going to get forced the ball that many times, he's easily being put back into my wide receiver one discussion every week. So, you know, four catches out of 14 is horrible. Like, let me just first off say that. I just don't think that continues. But still, to make it to turn it into 113 yards and a touchdown, like, that's, that's legit. I mean, um, yeah, I think going forward you expect more out of him. Uh, you know, Philly Philly's defense though, I mean, pretty stout. So like I, you know, they must have just bracket covered him and stuff like that, you know, to to make sure that some of those didn't didn't fall into his hands. This week against Cleveland, so I mean, 14 targets could easily turn into like 10 catches against Cleveland. Um, although he will get um Joe Hayden most likely shadowing him around and Hayden's having a pretty good season. So that'll be interesting, but I still very favorable matchup going forward. Um, moving on to the happy little sunshine tier. Um, you know, you, you got guys down here like Mike Gillisley, uh, a little bit of a surprise. I think everybody was kind of on him, but you didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I, I started him in a league cause I was a McCoy owner and I was like, well, I got to play him, I guess. <laughs> And it, it worked out. Uh, Alan Hearns, like you mentioned before, finally blew up. Uh, you know, he's been kind of having a rough start to the year. The guy that I, I want to mention is Devonta Freeman. And, you know, had a, had a very, very tough game there. And <clears throat> against Green Bay, that run defense is legit. And if you look at the, like, this, the yardage totals, 35 yards rushing and 23 yards receiving, it's, it's like nothing. You're like, ooh, it's horrible. But he he eked out two touchdowns out of it, and that's that made a huge difference. So you know I rolled the dice. I figured, you know Coleman's not there, 
Freeman's going to get a ton of work. And he, and he really didn't, honestly, you know, 11 touches out of the backfield, only six targets, you know, 17, 17 targets total, 15 total touches. It's not a huge workload for him, especially considering Coleman wasn't there. But he got those two touchdowns, and, and hey, I was happy with the performance. I even started him in DFS in one league just to, just to be kind of different because I knew he wouldn't be highly owned. Well, yeah, and that's that's why I wanted to list him here was because Green Bay's defense is so good against the rush. And, I mean, you see in the yardage totals, he really didn't have much. But he got, you know, he got the touchdowns, and that's what helped boost him last week. So um, the next tier and last tier we have here is the you shot who in the what now tier. And like I said, this is guys who just kind of, came out of nowhere and didn't really know much about him coming into this week. But um, the the first two guys I had listed here is Robert Kelly. Um, He ended up with a touchdown and Tyreek Hill for Kansas city uh, seemed to really kind of become Nick Foles' favorite target. Once he came in uh, for Alex Smith, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but the guy that, that we have highlighted here is uh, JJ Nelson. Arizona. I mean, eight for 79 and two touchdowns. Again, 12 targets. Um, I, I mean, they had to throw the ball because they were behind so so much so early in that game. Um, so you knew the balls were coming somewhere. Um, and then, you know, I, I think uh, – I think he's definitely someone to look at as well. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what his ownership is off the top of my head, but it's not um, great. But yeah, I mean, he's sitting at he's sitting at only six point five percent owned in uh, in ESPN leagues. Uh, so, I think but twenty six point five. But yes, but anyway. In ESPN, JJ mm-hmm. Nelson of Arizona. Oh, oh, JJ. I thought you said Kelly. Oh, oh no, no, no. JJ. Yeah, six point five percent owned. So not a lot. <laughs> no, everybody's um, still believing in Floyd for some reason, and, and that's a guy that I think you can you can drop at this point and just move on from. Go pick up Nelson and, and see what happens. Um, he is definitely yeah. supplanted Floyd. So, I am moving oh, I on from so. him. And yeah, I mean, John Brown's just, you know, mediocre. But just two weeks straight now that, you know, he's had good yardage outputs. Uh, I mean, last week he only had three receptions, but he still managed 84 yards. So, um, and, and again, they're against two tough teams. They have the bye this week. So, he, you know, you, you may not have had to have burned a waiver claim on him. But if he's sitting out there now, he's a guy to look at. So let's go ahead and uh, that's all we got for for those. Though, like I said, I just wanted to kind of recap some of these guys. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of guys listed, but just kind of how I I looked at the stats and just kind of broke these guys out with their various performances. So yeah, and you know what? Uh, I, I wanted. I want to go back to kind of the retirement talk for a minute and, and somebody we forgot to mention, uh, not a player, but a coach 
And I don't even know if he's really retiring, but it kind of seems like he might just walk away from the game at this point is uh Norv Turner, man. He, uh, Norv Turner resigned from the Vikings today. And so he is no longer the offensive coordinator. You know, the, the Vikings, in my opinion, resigned is in air quotes here, but you know, they're trying to play it off. Like, Oh, Mike Zimmer was surprised and blah, 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 blah. Like, Whatever, this offense was a complete disaster, minus digs, and uh, they needed to make a change, it seems like. So um, they're going to go with tight ends coach Pat Shermer is as the offensive coordinator. I mean, do you think this, you think this affects anything with, with the offense, makes it better, makes it worse? I mean, real quick take here, what, what do you think? I mean, Shermer's been in the league for a while. He's been with the Eagles. You know, he, he was okay there um, under Andy Reid, you know, and he also was there with, with Chip Kelly. But uh, I believe he actually had coached at Cleveland for a while. So he's got definite coaching experience. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this changes too much. I mean, it, it, it's kind of interesting take because you have – a guy who's been in the league for so long and really I feel like succeeded more as an offensive coordinator um, than as a head coach. But is he the one that's accountable for, for this team? I mean, they've lost their, their starting quarterback. They lost their starting running back in a span of week one and week two. So that's a huge blow to have to to work around and you know the defense is really what carried this team to the the five and oh record um that they had and then i mean but their their offense looked very lackluster against the eagles who have a good defense but they looked lost on monday against chicago who I guess has a good defense now. No, really <laughs> I don't know. No, they don't. I mean, they came to play in that game. Whatever Cutler said to them really sparked them. Um, and, and like you said, Diggs was the only one that really showed up on offense. Um, Asiata just looked like he couldn't get anywhere. Granted, that's not no. North Turner's fault though. Um, Bradford, was his usual self that I remember from Philly where he would just be completely immobile and get sacked, Um, you know, and then on the flip side, you have Cutler coming back and then missing a couple of balls to Alshon. You probably could have won that game against me. If Alshon could have caught a touchdown or turned around a couple of times. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the one where I hit him in the helmet. I was like, "Come on!" Dude. Yeah, that, that was great. I mean, that was that was some surefire accuracy, Cutler. That was a beautiful, perfect, beautiful touch throw. In my opinion, it was a perfectly thrown ball. Alshon just didn't turn around. <laughs> was like, it was. It really happened? was. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I, I getting off the topic here, Turner. You know, I I could see him coming back at some point, but he's. He's been in the league for a long time. You know, he's been overall fairly successful. I, I think, I know, you know, he was it's... Only successful with, he was really only successful with Dallas. And then after that, like, what has he done? 
Well, he, he was Josh good with Gordon San Diego. I felt like he did pretty well with, with running there off. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, he had good tools to work with, though. He had a great quarterback in Rivers. I mean, well, maybe not great. Very good LP quarterback in Rivers. And everybody else, too, or was that? He had Gates. He had, yeah, he's got, you know, he had Allen. So he had a nice a nice core group of guys to run his system. Does he live for Allen? Allen seems like it was after him. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was was still getting jobs based off of what he did in Dallas. And it was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see what happens with him. You know, like, like I think you're saying, I'll I'll close this out real quick, but I don't think this is going to change a whole lot in Minnesota. I think you got some of those kind of like weird wonky formation plays out of, out of North Turner. So maybe they kind of, keep things more simple, which might help Bradford, honestly. Um, but I I don't really think we're going to see, you know, it, in week nine of the NFL season, you're not taking a playbook and ripping it up and throwing it out the window. No, you just made, you just made, not. you just made play call a little bit differently, but it's going to be the same general offense. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's what you do. It's just kind of a Shermer's different. Shermer's a West Coast guy. Yeah. I mean, all you're going to do is, is get, just a new voice in their head, and that's and that's maybe what they need to get it go. We've seen it work before, in all over the yeah. NFL. Many, many, you know, every year it seems like somebody gets fired, a new coach comes in, everybody gets all ripped up. Like, oh no, like maybe we should actually play football, you know. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Anyway, moving on to the injuries here, man. For for week nine coming up, starting with the quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know if anybody really cares, but. Alex Smith is out with what they are not calling a concussion still, by the way, even though you wrote concussion down. They refuse to call it a concussion, yeah. which doesn't make any sense to me. But he is out for the week due to whatever they're calling it. And Nick Foles is going to come in. Uh, <clears throat> so that's not much anything there. Cody Kessler is listed as a co-starter with McCown. I don't know what that means. Stay away from both of them. Uh, in my opinion, McCown starts the game. Running backs, Quiz Rogers is out with a foot injury, sprained his foot. He is officially out this week. DeMarco Murray is dealing with a toe injury, so hopefully you've got Derrick Henry if you own DeMarco. Uh, but I think he's going to play. Spencer Ware's in the concussion protocol, so uh, you know he's, he's kind of – on the wrong end of it right now too. So it looks like he could be very, very questionable. if not doubtful to play Uh, for wide receivers here. Just a few Travis Benjamin dealing with a knee injury, very possible to miss week nine. T Y Hilton dealing with a hamstring injury. He sat out today's practice. He's questionable for week nine as well. Julio Jones. uh, He, is banged up this past week and, and a lot of people are kind of wondering why I, I guess I, I've seen a lot of conversations on Twitter about it like I, did he miss time in that in that game and and so people were wondering what was going on and how serious that knee injury was but they're calling it just a, a bone bruise but um, so I'm guessing he'll play but you know, we, we've seen this from Julio a lot where he tries to play through injuries and it just, you can just tell it affects him big time. So 
be on the lookout for that one a lot. Um, another Atlanta Falcon, a tight end here. We've got Jacob Tammy, shoulder. He's officially listed out this Thursday. So, and I'm blanking on their backup's name. He's pretty decent from what I can tell, but uh, he he's not anybody Hooper. I'd probably start this week. Yeah, Austin Hooper, rookie. Um, I mean, he, he's okay. Like, he's had some decent games, uh, but, you know, they just – they don't really seem to use the tight end very much in that offense this year uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Tammy's had a couple decent games, but he's not anybody that you're relying on either. Uh, some bye week injuries, which obviously aren't going to affect you this week, but possibly going forward is Will Fuller is a, he has a leg injury and nothing's really being said about this right now. It's kind of because of the bye week, they don't have to put out an injury report. So we just don't really know right now. Um, Larry Fitzgerald dealing with a sprained ankle. He played through it this past week, but he was noticeably gimpy. And But I'm guessing with a, with a week off, he'll come back and be fine. Deshaun Jackson, you know, he's dealing with concussion symptoms, left this past game. You know, with, with him, you know, he's – I think he's now been knocked out a couple different times this year, if I'm recalling yeah. right. But uh, yep. so – you know, you gotta you gotta be worried with Deshaun Jackson. He's he's just always been a guy that I've avoided in fantasy leagues. He has these huge, huge, huge games and you love him and then he does nothing. He's impossible, impossible to predict. So I I just stay away from guys like that. You know, they're they're maybe good like DFS plays and like GPPs because you just you know, you're going for those guys that are probably gonna be low owned and just hope for the home run ball. Um so moving on to some pickups, possibly for some of these injured guys, you know, we've got Jake Cutler. You know, he he's back. He looked he looked okay, and I mean that was a Minnesota defense that was pretty tough. So, you know that the I've, they're on the bye this week, but you know he could be kind of a stash play this week, and it, it's it's not the worst one, especially if you're in you know this is this is purely like two quarterback super deep league quarterback type plays but uh you know they've got a pretty nice schedule set up behind the bye you know with Tampa Bay and the Giants if their secondary is still banged up Tennessee San Fran Detroit Green Bay and the Redskins you know the Redskins secondary appears to be beatable now with all the injuries they've had so that's it's a very favorable schedule down the stretch. And, you know, I was on a show this afternoon and I, you know, someone asked me for a buy low option. I told him Alshon Jeffrey, he's been terrible all year long. Cutler's back. I'm buying, I'm buying in on Alshon again. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a good ride down the stretch for, for the bears passing game. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of running backs were, were big pickups this week. And we, and we mentioned a couple earlier, uh, but the big ones, you know, Tim Hightower with that Ingram benching, you know, we're getting him and it's now going to be a timeshare they're saying with Ingram. I'm just praying it goes back to Ingram and Hightower turns into a pumpkin again. Uh, but, you know, 
I, I've picked up Hightower in a few spots. I don't know what to do with him. I don't know whether or not I can start him. I mean, San Francisco's bad this week, so maybe they both do well, but I just hate that type of situation. Uh, Robert Kelly, as we talked again, you know, he uh, – this past week, you know, we we talked up Chris Thompson more than anybody because I thought, especially in PPR league, Chris Thompson was going to be the guy. They barely used him. It was crazy to me. Um, and that was a pretty pass-happy game all over the place. So, you know, Matt Jones, if he's still out, you know, Robert Kelly's going to get that start again. And I think he's just – he's played his way into that lineup more and more and more, especially with Matt Jones struggling. Um, the the two bigger-named, more exciting pickups, I guess, if you want to call it, everybody was going after. Charkandrick West is that guy that – with Jamal Charles going down for the rest of the year, wears out for with a concussion most likely, Sharkandrick West is going to get all the work. I mean, they, they signed – who did they sign? They signed somebody completely ridiculous. Um, do you remember – Do you remember – Yeah, they, they signed somebody, and I kind of laughed at the name. Is who they signed. He's not even listed. He's not even listed on the ESPN as as a Kansas City guy yet. But they signed somebody. I don't. I don't know why. I'm completely blanking on the name. But they signed somebody. It was like, well, okay. It still doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Sharkandrick West wasn't he, like no Sean Moreno or no, 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 no. It was it was along the lines of like the the Spiller signing like out in. New York. No, where... They didn't re-sign Davis, did they? Niall Davis? No, no, no. No, da- no, no Davis. Did you to... hear about this? Niall Davis got yeah, picked he, up. Yeah, he's been by absolutely tossed around. He got re- he, he got, got signed by the Jets screwed. and like three hours later got cut for C.J. Spiller. That was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's dirty. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Sharkandrick West, He's he's a guy who's gonna be you know he's uh, gonna be a one week fill in especially these bye weeks you know you need Bishop Sankey yeah that's what it was I laughed I was like oh man Bishop <laughs> Sankey like it doesn't matter this is Charlie Kendrick West backfield if, if Ware misses time uh, but you know West yeah. is gonna be involved regardless at this point I think because they can't keep using Ware to the level they are and Charles is done so they need they they're gonna need West to get involved but. Um, he's more of a one-week fill-in because of the missed time with where uh, Anton Smith of Tampa Bay. This is an interesting one, and because Quiz is out, Martin's still out, Sims is obviously done for the year. Uh, Anton Smith, this is pure speculation, but it's going to be a timeshare, but he's going to get the bulk of the, the workload. And if you look at last week's snap count, he got – 22 snaps as compared to Peyton Peyton um, what's his name? Peyton Butler. Peyton Barber. Barber. Thank you. I was going to say Butler. Um, Peyton Barber has three. Now, I think that Peyton Barber gets a little more involved this week because of that, but I think they're going to try and ride Anton Smith first, but you know, it's it's going to be more of a committee approach. Uh, Darren Sproles is a really interesting one, one that's not quite going under the radar because I think he's been owned in a lot of leagues. But he he is taking over slowly 
that starting running back role from Ryan Matthews. And, you know, if you're looking for somebody with maybe more long-term value, you know, you're, you're a team in good shape, you can look down the road. I think Darren Sproles is the guy you want overall out of all of these guys, because I think Sproles could potentially take over this starting role from Ryan Matthews, who, even though Doug Peterson came out and said today, it is Ryan Matthews backfield still. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been the last two weeks you've said that. So really, uh, <laughs> I, I just don't believe him at all. I really just don't. I think he's a liar. Um, and coaches do that. So you know, I call I call all coaches liars, especially Sean Payton. Um, so you know, th- there's that. So some running, some wide receivers here. JJ Nelson, as we talked about before, taking over the wide three, wide receiver three duties there. Floyd's droppable. Um, uh, Tyreek Hill, kind of more of a a streamer type play, really deep league type of guy. You know, he's looked pretty good there in Kansas City. Uh, but they're, they're hard to trust. They just don't pass the ball very much there. So, but, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill is definitely somebody you can take a look at if you're really desperate. And then Eric Ebron, you know, he's available in a lot of leagues. He's going to be the number three passing option there, if not number two, because Marvin Jones is really struggling the last few weeks. Uh, but Ebron came back off injury and just lit it up this last this you know this last week and and I think Ebron's going to be strong going forward. I liked him earlier in the preseason, so you know, he just he just got injured, but I don't know that happens. Nothing you can do there. Uh, so those are the pickups there. I don't know if you've got any other ones you want to add to the list, but that's what I've got. Nah, that's pretty much what I'm looking at. You know, same same stuff. Um, yeah, I, I mean. Everybody there seems like they're they're kind of guys that have been owned at some point, possibly or whatever. Not necessarily all of them, but um, you know, Sproles is is a guy that I've, I'm sure has been owned and dropped, and then owned and dropped. Um, Nelson, we talked about earlier, he's not owned at all. Um, and Hill, I actually really like Hill this week. Um, I think you know, with Foles playing, he could be you know, highly targeted again. So, I mean, he might be a good, uh, a good DFS buy-in for sure. Yeah. Especially in this GPPs, you know, it's, he's the type of guy that could be very lowly owned. So yeah, let's move on here to our week nine best and worst games, sleepers and busts. Uh, I talked, I've talked for a little while here, so I'll give you the floor and let you, let you go. All right. Well, game-wise, um, I I think the best fantasy game and possibly the best game. Well, Javier Baez just hit a solo home run. Yes, he did. Uh, making it making it four to one now. Cubbies top of the fifth. Um, sorry. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I I think this could be the best game of the week in general for the NFL is Denver at Oakland. Now, we've seen what Oakland's done so far this year, uh, and a lot of that is on the road. I, I mean, they're undefeated on the road, which is, is kind of rare to see. Um, usually it's a team is undefeated at home, and then they have a crappy road record or whatever. But um, Denver's defense is 
still very strong. Um, you know, I, I think Carr, this is going to be a big game for him. He's going to need to show up and really try to, to beat that defense. Um, I'm not expecting too much out of the running game for Oakland. Uh, Booker, I could see having a, a pretty good game again, um, being able to run on Oakland. Um, but I really think the receivers for Denver could come through and and have a big game against Oakland because pretty much all the receivers have a big game against Oakland. Um, so I, I just think it's going to be <sighs> – kind of torn on what I think the scoring of the game is going to be, but I think point-wise there's going to be a lot of points put out for fantasy people. Maybe not as many touchdowns as we think, but um, it's going to be a, a, a big game, and, and it's going to you know decide who's going to take the lead in that division. Um, my worst game of the week is, and again, it's kind of – well, there wasn't really a game that, that to me jumped out too much as like just a terrible, I want nothing to do with this game. I was initially leaning towards the, the Jets at Miami, um, but I'm going to go with Tennessee at San Diego. Um, I mean, I think people, you know, Mariota's had a couple of good weeks. You know, Rivers has been meh, okay. Um you know, Gordon, I think, could still have a decent game. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, there's not really anybody on these teams that I'm looking at, at having as a blow-up player besides Gordon and, and maybe Mariota. Yeah, that was uh, – I mean, I kind of like the San Diego side of that that game a little more, but – yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a barn burner by any means. So my best fantasy game is going to be Green Bay Indy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with the Green Bay theme here. Um, they're playing against Indy, which their defense is, is pretty bad. They just allowed 30 points by Kansas City with a backup quarterback. Um, and Indy, you know, with, with, their, uh, with Andrew Luck, can take advantage of that Green Bay pass defense, which has been just atrocious all year. Buffalo-Seattle is my worst fantasy game. I initially looked at that Carolina-Rams game, but I just kept looking at it going, the Rams defense isn't as good as everybody thinks it is. Uh, And so I think Cam Newton could possibly exploit that, but I'll get to that a little later. Um, But the Buffalo-Seattle game, I just (laughs) – I see nothing good here. Seattle's offense has been awful the last few weeks, most of the season. And Buffalo going against Seattle at Seattle is just bad signs all around. This is going to be a a pretty terrible game to watch. And we get it on lovely Monday night. So, yay, another boring game on Monday night. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I I feel like – when they did these Monday schedules, they were really thinking that these games were going to be a lot better than they than they were. Um, I mean, th- this past Monday wasn't too bad because it was a really bad team that hasn't done well versus a team that's been very good, and it was like the complete opposite. So I guess that one kind of worked out for them. But, you yeah, know, we've just had some some stinkers for sure. Yes, we have. The NFL as a whole has been kind of a stinker this year, but moving yeah. on. 
Um, you want me to go with my sleepers or? Yeah, go, go ahead and start with yours. Yeah, so my so my first sleeper of the group here is going to be Eli Manning. Um, I know I know he gets your. You know, I I know he gets your beloved Eagles here, and you know they're they're ranked they're ranked pretty high against you know pretty good against opposing quarterbacks, but they've they've kind of dropped off the last few weeks, uh, minus that Minnesota game where they just completely smothered. Sam Bradford and, and company, you know, Detroit was able to do some decent things against them. Washington was able to do some decent things against them. And Dallas this past weekend was able to do some really good things against them. Uh, so I, I think Eli with a week off is, is going to come back out here and, and have a decent, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting, you know, top five, you know, quarterback production here, but, you know, could it be a quarterback one at the end of the week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Eagles defense is, is starting to, to show signs that they're maybe not as elite as we expected them to be. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think the Eagles D has been good for sure. They, they've helped carry this team to where they are. But I, I do think that they still have some weaknesses that maybe haven't been completely exploited yet. So... I could see Eli, you know, he, it, the Giants games are always tough games for them. So I think that Eli can definitely have a pretty big game against them, especially if, if he's going to Odell, you know, all day. So, which he should. Yeah, so, yeah, he really should. I mean, they, they have really zero running game. Um, I mean, they're, they're very, you know, Packer-esque in that, theory, although they don't really have just, you know, 15 different wide receivers that they can plug and play everywhere. So, um, yeah, I think Eli's a solid pick for sure. Um, and then for my sleeper running back on the other side of the ball, I'm going to go with Darren Sproles, and only because he's still ranked really low. And, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, I kind of have him ranked low. I don't know what to think about him. I don't know if he's going to get a ton of carries. Um, the Giants defense seems to be pretty decent against the run, but they also haven't really faced anybody that's really good at running the ball. Um, the best running back they faced, um, Dallas in week one, and Ezekiel Elliott did pretty good. But that was week one, and like Dallas was like good that game, but it wasn't until like after week one that we really saw Ezekiel Elliott, and you were just like, oh, my God, this guy's really good. Um and then Gurley, this you know, in week seven, you saw play the Giants. But I mean, Gurley's been kind of bottled up all 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 year, so you kind of shut him down to sixty-one yards rushing. What does that really mean? Uh, but you know, Sproles is kind of to me, Sproles is a sleeper because he's he's underranked for how much workload I think he could potentially get. Um, so that's I think that game could be pretty interesting on both sides of the ball. I think we can get some surprises. And then my receiver, I'm struggling to find one. I went with Mohamed Sanu just because I think that could be another pretty high-scoring game. Sanu came through this past week. Um, but, you know, Atlanta's playing the Bucks on Thursday night. I hate Thursday night games, but, you know, with Jones dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, although I just read a report that he was taken off the injury report. I wonder what that means. Um 
and you know, he Sanu could could be in for a bit of a larger role this week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think Sanu could pick up, you know, a lot of a lot of his touches if he's going to be limited. And um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a good revenge game for for Atlanta because they they faced off in the first game of the season and lost to Tampa Bay. Um, so I, I think I think it's going to be a tough game for for Tampa Bay in general to. I mean, they're at home, so that I guess they got that going for them. But these short games are, are always interesting. Um, so my sleeper picks for this week, I've got uh, Mr. Nick Foles. Um, you know, like I said, we saw what he did when he came in for Alex Smith. Um, I think he's he's primed for a big week again this week. Uh, we already know that he's getting the ball, um, so we don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not Smith is even playing, um, you know, and, and we've seen Jacksonville give up bunches and bunches of points and yards. Um, so I, I think their, their defense in general is, you know, not great. So here again, they're going to, you know, potentially have a, a backup coming in and, and taking on the game and really playing well. So I, I like folds this week. Um, my 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 sleeper and bust running back. I'm gonna talk about together since we've already kind of touched on them a little bit. Um, I'm gonna go with my bust running back as your favorite running back and mine, Mr. Mark Ingram, uh, coach's favorite too. <sighs> <laughs> but my Dr. my uh, sleeper is not pleased. My sleeper at this point <laughs> is obviously Mr. Tim Hightower. Uh, bringing back Police Academy. Let's do this, Hightower. I, I think, uh, you know, and, and this this That's may terrible. backfire. It's more of a <laughs> it's more of a of a rib at you, but. I, I mean, Ingram, they have they have an awesome matchup this week against they a do. terrible San Francisco run defense. So, but if Ingram has these fumble issues again early on, I'm not surprised to see him get get benched again. Um, and Hightower ran well. I think Hightower is going to cut into his his carries as it is oh, anyway. Absolutely, well. So, I'm I'm not. You know, I'm expecting him to still, you know, produce a little bit as well, and maybe, you know, steal a goal line carry or something like that. Um, so those are my two running back picks. Um, my wide receiver um, sleeper here. Oh, I've got these backwards. Uh, my sleeper pick is Quincy Inunua from the Jets. Um, Miami's got a. Yeah, like kind of a mid-grade um, defense when it comes to opposing wide receivers. Um, you know, they're, they're towards the, the end of the spectrum. But the game being in Miami, I mean, the last three weeks they've had games there, and, and they, they've given up touchdowns. Uh, really, the last four weeks they've given up at least one receiving touchdown. Um, so... 
I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, I mean, Brandon Marshall could have a good game as well, but I think he might be the guy that they're keying in on, um, especially since he used to play for the Dolphins, so he's got a little added motivation. But and Unwin's just been—I mean, he's been good the past few weeks. He's—he's he's really stepped up, and he's a solid DFS guy too because he's usually still pretty cheap. Um, and and he's been getting touchdowns. So he's who I like as my sleeper receiver pick. Yeah, and Noonan's been pretty good. Uh I, I've I've enjoyed him on one of my teams. Um anyway, my my bust and this is what I was talking about earlier, even though uh I was saying it was gonna be like quite possibly the 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 worst fantasy game, but I you know, I, I feel like both defenses are a, a little bit overrated is uh is Cam Newton and I know I I used him last week so I shouldn't use him again but I just think he's being overrated because it's Cam Newton and you know he's been struggling um the Rams can stop the run and that does mean they can stop Cam Newton from running too just keep that in mind so uh I think Cam Newton will underperform from where he's projected to finish right now and that by definition, is a bust. Um, my bust running back, as much as I hate to say this because I'm relying on him, is Jay Ajayi uh, going up against the Jets, who, yes, have been a little exposed against the run the last few weeks. They started out like gangbusters against the run, but they've, they've, they've let up a lot of points here lately. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just afraid maybe like <laughs> – Everybody's really, you know, thinking, oh, 200 yards from J.H.I. two weeks in a row. He's going to do it again or something like that. And, no, it's not going to happen against the Jets. They just don't allow that to happen. You know, they they may lay a, let up a couple of touchdowns, but they're not going to let up 200 yards rushing, you know, or even close to it. So don't expect a, a booming day from J.H.I. And my best receiver is, is Amari Cooper, you know, going, against, going up against Denver you put it as your best fantasy game. I think this, this game's going to be bad for Oakland, man. They, uh, they've had a pretty cake schedule so far and they've, they've played well because of it, you know, it, and they've played like they should have, but going up against that Denver defense, I think Amari Cooper and even Crabtree both are going to struggle this week. And you, you're not going to see Carr uh, perform at, at a high level this week either. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, like I said, I think the scoring of the game in general is going to be low. But I do think these guys can put up some points. Cooper, I agree, he's going to get to lead, so he's going to have his hands full. Crab still might be okay, but really the guy to look for might be Seth Roberts. I mean, he's kind of come up and, and really just – stolen the show in, in a couple of games this year for them, you know, late in the games, um, you know, sneaking in these touchdowns. So he could be a sneaky play, but I think Carr is going to be okay. I, I don't think he's going to have the, you know, barn burner games that he's had some of these games this year, but I, I think he's still got to start him. Um, I mean, unless you really have a better option, but if not, and with the the six teams on by, you know, again, I, I think he's definitely worth starting. But 
My, uh, my boss picked. So I'm, I don't know. I disagree with you there. What's that? I've got Carr ranked 14th okay. this week, so I disagree with you there. All right. Well, we'll see what he does. <laughs> we'll recap it next week. Sure. <laughs> Copy the sheet over and put topic one, Derek Carr. My busts here, um, the first one, my quarterback bust might be kind of a given, um, and I have it in parentheses here is if he plays, but Big Ben is talking about coming back and playing in this game against the Ravens on Sunday. I don't know if I see it. I mean, he, he's a, one of the toughest players in the NFL, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's it's a huge rivalry game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So you know he wants to play in this game, um, especially coming off the bye. But even if he plays, I, I just – I'm not anticipating a lot out of him. I think they're going to probably lean heavily on on Bell um, and and just keep you know stuffing him in the rock. So I'm not looking for Ben to play, but if he does, I still wouldn't start him. Um, so if he doesn't play, my my other bust pick is Andrew Luck. Um, I mean, we saw what Ryan did against Green Bay last week, but you know this game is in Green Bay. It's going to be a little bit different story. Uh, you know, I, I just I think Luck could have potentially a down game. Um, I already gave my bust running back and kind of on the same token with Luck for my um, receiver bust is T.Y. Hilton. I think if anything, um, you know, Moncrief might, might be the guy to look for in this game, but I could see Hilton having a bit of a down game. So with that, we can uh, bump on to our Twitter questions. Yeah, uh, so got a got a couple different questions here, and uh, I'm I'm forgetting my music. Um, so both of these are from the same guy here, uh, our good old friend at Super Twelve Joe. Um, where my sheet go? There we go. Uh, PPR league, would you trade Brandon Marshall and Geo for McCoy and Emmanuel Sanders or Devontae Adams? Uh, I'll let you answer I, first, real quick. I would not. I I like Marshall and Geo better personally. Um, I said yes if you can deal without McCoy for one more week, and I would get Sanders. Uh, I just don't trust Fitzpatrick to do much else the rest of the year. He looked bad. Um, I wouldn't buy high. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy high on Devontae Adams. So, um, Geo's Geo's tough to predict, man. I don't. I own him. I hate him. I probably won't ever own him again because I'm just tired of dealing with the Cincinnati situation right now. Until they get rid of until they get rid of Hill or something. There's just no point in owning Geo. He's hard to use. Um, he's had, anyway, he's had two good weeks, though, like in a row. Not not great, but he's been startable, definitely flex-worthy. Um, you know, and with the bye weeks and stuff that we've dealt with, 
Um, I, I like Tio. I mean, I, I have him in in my seven and two of my leagues. Um, I mean, he's put up points. He's not gonna, like I said, get you the farm. But I, I agree. Just, he is it just feels like it just seems like every time I try and use him, man, he gives me those like five point games. You know, like yeah, it's just it just he can kill you so easily because he splits he splits time. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, you know, he he did see a little bit more workload just because Jeremy Hill got knocked out for a few plays. So take that into account when you're looking at you know picking up Geo. So I'm definitely okay trading him if you can deal without McCoy for one more week because I don't think he's going to play this week. I'd be very surprised if actually you're going to get two weeks without McCoy because next week they're on a bye. So you ha- if yeah. you're trading for McCoy, you have to be able to deal without McCoy for two weeks. Keep that in mind. But it'd be a great pickup to have if you can wait because when he comes back, he's going to be top five running back again. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, McCoy's so PPR league, good, second question, would you trade Doug Martin and Quiz for either McCoy or Jonathan Stewart? And – Yes, because who knows when Doug Martin's coming back? Quiz, maybe. I mean, I, I think even if Doug Martin and Quiz both come back healthy, like maybe it could be split at this point because Quiz definitely played into some playing time. So if I'm gonna get one guy back, who I know is gonna get the bulk of the workload all to himself, for guys that could split time and maybe not even be 100% healthy, I'm I'm doing it. Yeah, I, I kind of like this this one um, better for. I mean, if you again, if you can hold out for McCoy, uh, you know, you're giving up two guys that one's not even playing right now, and the other one's probably not even starting this week either. So I, I just, if I were the other guy on the on the other side of this deal, I don't know why you would accept this trade. Um, well, yeah, but clearly, but. It, <laughs> If That's you could swing it, then go for it. I mean, if I were that guy, I'd be more willing to give up Stewart over McCoy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I think if you can make it work for you and get McCoy, yeah, absolutely, that's a shoe and trade. Yeah, and actually, I mean, if Stewart, uh, if, if Stewart's healthy, I think he he can be good. But he's he's so up and down with his health. Yeah, you know, it could just be a boon for both sides at that point. And actually, I got one more question here. Just came in from at Grizzly Adams 21. Would you give Rivers and Lamar Miller for Matt Ryan and Spencer Ware? Oof. Lamar Miller's on a bye this week. Yeah, I know. Um, I kind of like the Ryan Ware side. Yeah, I do um, too. I, I mean, wins. we've we've hands down. Yeah, I mean, Rivers has been he's been good, but he's been kind of average at the same time. So, I mean, I I don't know. Ryan's obviously the upgrade there. Um, Where's I don't even know if you can call Ware a downgrade because he's been producing when he's healthy. So I think it just he's depends like, on how much. I think it's an upgrade from both. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Freeman's been good, but or Lamar Miller's been good, but uh, he asked me a question about Freeman later. But uh, 
Lamar Miller's been good, but nowhere close to what Spencer Ware has been doing. So this is a, yeah. this is an absolute slam dunk trade for me. Do this one right now. So yeah. Anyway, that is all the show we have. So uh, one of these days we'll get this show back down to an hour. Uh, we're gonna have to work <laughs> on some things. <laughs> Someday. Football, football is a lot, man. Football is a lot. It's hard to do. So, anyway, have a good night, everybody, and uh, be back next week. All right. Talk to you then.